Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as our campuses join with us in Stevens Point and in Appleton this morning. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are, what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the fellowship of believers, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Good to have you with us this morning. And again, greetings to you guys over in Stevens Point and at our Appleton campus. Big weekend this weekend with uh, Thanksgiving on uh, Thursday and, of course, the annual running of the pagans on Friday <laughs> and uh, my birthday on Saturday. That was a lovely experience, yes. By the way, Pastor Joe, you need to check with UPS because I haven't gotten your package yet. You know, so I'm, sure, I'm sure it was just so large they, could, they couldn't deliver it. You know, so you do a follow-up call, would you? And check that out. So I'll hold my breath. Uh, but anyway, so a great uh, weekend. And uh, today is now the first uh, Sunday of Advent is what we call it. The Sundays leading up to Christmas. So the holiday seasons now are officially off and running. Part of our uh, Advent uh, worship experience every year is we have a special fundraising event we call Advent Conspiracy. You should all have little envelopes in your hands with that and a little card explaining some of the ministries that we are giving money to this year. As I mentioned last week, we're going to be raising money to help uh, Hazem to uh, print this uh, book of uh, testimonies of Muslim men and women who are coming to Jesus, converting to Christianity because of visions and dreams they're having of Jesus. It's an amazing thing what God is doing. I know it's a lot of awful stuff going out over there, but God is still alive and well and making himself known among the people. Uh, I've heard many testimonials from people working over there of how many Muslims are having dreams and visions of Jesus. Um, we've even heard of uh, one guy was saying in small villages, people the next morning would get up and they're all freaked out because they all had the same dream. Isn't that amazing? So God is starting to make his presence very known. And we want to get those uh, messages out. Anyway, we have a nice little video we want to show you this morning about our Advent Conspiracy Project.
spending less, giving more. Of course, this is the holiday season where we are into the spirit of giving and we have gifts that we give to people. Oftentimes, they're gift exchanges. I give you something, you give me something, you know. But the beauty of this is you give and you can't get anything back from them. Uh, but you receive something more important. It's called treasures in heaven. All right, and the Bible tells us, Jesus taught us, make sure that you lay up treasures in heaven. Do things intentionally. So at the end of... Uh, all of our services uh, during this Advent season will be taking a special offering and, uh, and keep it in mind. Again, that challenge, spend less, give more, and, uh, and see how many lives you can change uh, with your generosity this year. Let's be very, very generous and do some wonderful things. I want to welcome all of you who watch us on uh, television every Sunday morning in uh, northeastern and north central Wisconsin. Glad that you watch us on Sunday mornings, but let me encourage you, get off your butt and go to church, all right? Watching some preacher on Sunday morning is not going to church. If you don't have a church that you go to, we'd love for you to come and visit us. Now, we have campuses in Stevens Point, in Appleton, and in Green Bay. So if you're anywhere near those cities, go online to our website at celebrationchurch.com. TV, celebrationchurch.tv, and go to church, all right? Get out of your jammies. Chop, chop, all right? In fact, you still have time, you slackers. Get out of bed, all right? Because I know the show, what's the show? It comes on at 9 o'clock. Okay, it's not live, by the way. You're watching me delayed, all right? So 9 o'clock, services start at 1030. So get up, go to church. Come, we'd love to see you. And seriously, if you want to really experience God in his fullness, you can't do it sitting at home in your undies, all right? You need to go to church. I hope you at least have that on. You need to come to church. Get around some people, all right? Let God touch you. Come and sing with us, worship with us, and let God touch your heart. Stevens Point, Appleton, and in Green Bay. I'm shocked. There's thousands of people who watch the show every Sunday. And uh, I run into people all the time. And, and like Green Bay, and they go, oh, you're that guy on TV. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, they'll say, I say, you know, you should come to our church. I say, where do you live? In Wisconsin. See, they're, they're so used to seeing preachers on TV that live in L.A. and everything. They just immediately see. Now, we put it at the bottom of the screen where we're from, but apparently you people don't read the bottoms. All right? <laughs> read the bottom. It's Green Bay, Stevens Point, Apple. That's where we're at. Come and see us. All right. First week of Advent, we want to uh, do a very simple message this morning entitled, Staying Calm in the Midst of Crazy. We're reading from Luke, the 10th chapter, where it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Now, this has got to be exciting. Now, this is uh, during the time where Jesus is extremely popular multitudes of people are following him. They're crowding around him. They want to listen to what he has to say. They want to experience the power of God uh, that he exudes. I mean, you can imagine, wouldn't you love to have actually listened and experienced Jesus? Well, wouldn't you love to have him come to your house? This is a big deal, right? And Jesus oftentimes went into people's homes and just connected with them. Uh, Sometimes he was invited. Sometimes he wasn't. And he came anyway. It's like when uh, Jesus saw Zacchaeus climbing up in a tree as a little guy, and he got up and he wanted to see Jesus as he came by. And 
Jesus got down, looked up at Zacchaeus and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. Well, you can imagine Zacchaeus running. How exciting is this? His wife saying, you should tell me before you invite people. And he said, he invited himself. I don't know what to tell you. So anyway, in this case, Martha opens up the house, invites Jesus in. This is an exciting experience. Here is this incredible man that everyone has been talking about and experiencing. So she opens her home. And uh, the next verse tells us that she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And you can imagine how captivating and almost hypnotic that must have been, listening at the feet of Jesus as he spoke to people and related the love of God to them. Uh, But Martha, the Bible tells us, was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, Martha. The Brady Bunch. Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Everybody say few. Few things are needed or indeed Only one, which is the case here. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Well, let's take a look at this experience here. The Bible tells us that Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, number one, it does point out that they had to be made. There's things that we have to do, all right? Life is life. But the problem was... It allowed, she allowed these things that had to be made to distract her from what was really important, this incredible experience of listening to Jesus. Uh, I preached about this a couple of weeks ago where Jesus gave us the parable of the sower, about this guy who's sowing seeds. He says, some seeds fell among, you know, shallow ground and others fell on rocky ground. Some fell on good ground, but... Before he gets to the good ground, he talks about some that fell on ground that was full of thorns and weeds, and how as the seeds sprouted and things started growing, the weeds surrounded and choked the life out of those things. And Jesus later explained to him what he was talking about. He says, the seed means the word of God, and the soil are the kind of people who hear the word of God. Some people, they're rocky. They've got hard hearts. Other people, they're kind of shallow, quite frankly. They respond to things quickly, but they don't have much shallow depth in them, and they don't last very long in their faith. They're blowing around from one fad to the next. Obviously, he talked about the good ground people who receive the word of God and are very productive and successful, but we kind of focused for a while on that group that was the ones that landed among thorns and weeds. Now, here's the deal. When you first plant, it's kind of hard to tell which one's the ground with weeds in it and which isn't. You don't really start finding out until they start growing together. And I was like, oh, man, there's weeds here. Uh, and he talked about the weeds, in our case, is the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches. It's the concerns of everyday life that if you're not careful, will suck the life out of you. Always remember, don't let life suck the life out of you. Uh, We have to deal with life. That's the challenge of the Christian experience. We're in the world, the Bible tells us, but we're not supposed to be of the world. 
We don't share the same values and obsessions and fears and paranoias that people without God in their lives do. At least we're not supposed to. Sadly, many, many people of faith, people who love God, come to church and stuff, but man, their everyday life is hardly any different from people who don't know God at all, and they react the same way. They're fearful, paranoid about money, obsessed about this. Every little thing seems to just wrap its tentacles around them, and they're trying to walk, and, and I talk about having gospel roundup, you know, we get spray and kill those weeds. But uh, um, we need to be careful that we don't let life, the cares of this life, attach themselves to you and pull you down. You say, that's hard. Yes, it's hard. That's why you should go to church every Sunday. You should come to the Bible studies on Wednesday night. I will say this and keep repeating this without question. One year from today, those people who will be the most successful people in their lives, in this congregation, at all our campuses, Stevens Point, Appleton, here in Green Bay, the most successful people will be the ones who come to church every Sunday and to the Bible study on Wednesday night. I say, how do you know that? Because I can tell you right now, the people who are the most successful right now are the ones who come every Sunday and on Wednesday night. And the people who have the most difficult times, biggest challenges, the most horrible circumstances in their lives are the ones who do not come every Sunday and certainly do not come on Wednesday night. It is as predictable as the sun rising tomorrow morning. And I'm telling you, you want your life to be better? You do this stuff on purpose. You want to get rid of the weeds? You got to pull the weeds on purpose. Crying about weeds in your garden will do you no good. You can complain about the weeds in your garden. You can even pray, oh God, please get rid of these weeds. And this is not going to do you any good. You need to get out there and intentionally deal with them. You want a better life? You have a good life on purpose. Everybody say, on purpose. This stuff is not automatic. It's not magical. God doesn't like other people better than he likes you. The reason your life stinks is because you do stinking things. It's just that simple. It's, it can't be any simpler than that. You want to learn how to do the right things. Get to church. And, uh, experience the word of God. It will change and transform your life. Martha was allowing all the concerns about what had to be made to distract her from the most important experience that she could be experiencing. Now, not only did Martha become uh, distracted, it says that Martha became emotionally intense, which is usually the next step when things don't go the way we want them to go. We tend to get emotionally intense. We can, A, start feeling sorry for ourselves, which is usually the first step. We start feeling very self-pity, and look what Martha does. She comes to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care? Now, there's a lot of prayers we can pray out of frustration. Probably the one that's the easiest one to pray that I don't have any problem with is praying, why? Why? Why is this happening? What's going on? I mean, we all have struggles and challenges in our life. To ask God for insights into those is perfectly fine, but we need to be careful before you get to a place where you're looking at God and say, God, don't you care? Listen, if there's anyone who has demonstrated that he cares, it's our Lord. He leaves the glories of heaven, comes to this earth, is mocked, ridiculed, he allows himself to be abused, 
crucified on that cross, all of that pain and suffering he did for you and for me. I think it's pretty clear he cares. So then why is this happening to me? Now that's, you can ask, all right? Ask the wise. Don't point at God and say, Lord, don't you care? Because he cares. But it's what happens. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. We start getting upset. Don't you care? And Martha looked at the people uh, around her and started complaining. She had to do all this work. Why anybody helping me? Don't you people care? So number one, you can start feeling sorry for yourself. Uh, and then, of course, you can get rather demanding, or in Martha's case, rather bossy. <laughs> She tells Jesus, tell her to help me. All right. Uh, and again, this is our reaction. We get very upset about things. She's now emotionally upset. She's asking questions. Don't you care? And starts badgering, you know, and demanding others go out of their way to make their lives easier and better. So, well, pastor was fair. She's doing all the way. I understand. But you have to remember. The Bible says in her case, she was distracted too much by what had to be done and was missing the point, which is what you don't want to do during this holiday season. And I know you all have your things you got to do and all the plans you got to make and all the in-laws and outlaws and all the stuff you got to get with and family and crazy family and normal family, mostly crazy family. And you got to get together and, and do all the stuff that you got. I understand. I understand. But you want to be careful. Don't. Let it spiral out of control where it starts to suck the life out of you. And you can no longer enjoy the season. If you, during the season, are emotionally dense, distracted, complaining, and yelling, this is not a good place for you. This is what Martha was doing. Consequently, the Bible says Martha made the wrong choice. Instead of enjoying being in the presence of the Son of God... She found herself obsessed by details that in the end and in the long run really didn't matter anyway. So my encouragement to you this morning is if you're the kind of person who gets distracted by the holidays, losing your focus on what really matters or becoming emotionally distressed over the holidays, losing the joy of the season, then you're most likely going to end up making the wrong choices concerning the holidays and really miss the point of the whole thing. Uh, and you don't want to get there. A lot of this has to do with our expectations. The higher your expectations, usually the more miserable you are. And if there's one thing I have noticed over the last 45 years is the people who are the most upset, the most unhappy, are the people with the highest expectations. You say, well, isn't it good to have goals and expectations? Indeed it is, but we should have expectations and goals that pull us higher, not beat us lower. Somebody say amen. Don't let the fact that you think this should be the perfect whatever and that you can't quite get to perfect and it just makes you upset, maybe roll it back a bit. Always remember this, expectation is the mother of disappointment. It'll always create disappointment in you. Um, we see this a lot in marriage relationships. I deal a lot with couples and the people who are the most miserably married people are the ones who have the highest expectations in the beginning. It is what it is. They have bought into. Now, in all fairness, they've been sold. I think, I think the Christian community, evangelical Christianity in particular, and we're talking these parachurch organizations and all about 
helping families and marriage and stuff. Sometimes they sow. They think they're being helpful. They're not being helpful. They're creating such unrealistic expectations. No wonder so many people are miserable that listen to these people. And they're telling people that marriage is this divine institution that where the Spirit of God will flow and the joy of the Lord will permeate you and, and together you become one and God will be glorified in, in your oneness and it'll be fabulous. And you have emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. Now they've added spiritual intimacy. I don't even know what they're talking about. I'm a pastor. I don't know what they're talking about. What's spiritual intimacy? I don't know. What is that? But now apparently emotional and sexual is so easy. We got to throw spiritual in there. Spiritual intimacy. And, and your husband should meet all the needs of your heart and soul and all this caca. Stop. You listen to that stuff. Turn it off. Good grief. I know they're trying to be helpful. They're making things worse. Get people all upset and people going crazy because they're not experiencing all this incredible. Because they, the way they talk about it is this is incredible. When the Bible says, he who marries will have trouble in this life. <clears throat> That's what the Bible says. But then you listen to these people and it's, oh, no wonder you're so miserable. And these people who think like they're the ones who are just going crazy all the time, they're so frustrated because they can't experience this glorious nirvana. Good grief. And these people, they just, I don't know, they, they're just, they live in a different world, some of these people. I, I read this book by one of these guys. And, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, I, can't remember, I can't remember what the point was of the story, but he's talking about the stories. One day the family was all getting in the car and they had to go somewhere, but one of the kids didn't want to get in the car. Come on, let's get, I don't want to get in the car. So he said, well, we all got together and, and we held hands and we prayed and said, oh Lord, help little Bobby to overcome his fears and insecurities. And, and I think, who are these people? My kid doesn't get in the car. Shut up and get in the car. Look at Hold your hand and pray for you. Good grief. So people read this and they think that's normal life. And they don't understand why their husband isn't constantly. Let's pray every five seconds. I, I don't know these people. So, <clears throat> so consequently, so I encourage people, man, lower your expectations. Okay? More realistic. Marriage is about doing life. Okay, God wants to bless you. It doesn't mean that you're not going to experience struggles in your experience in life. And even though God's in your heart, you're still got to go to work. And, and you're still going to have to clean the toilet. And you still got to do all these things. Angels won't clean your toilet. <laughs> all right? That's normal life. Relax. This one lady's listening to me talking. Of course, I'm making her mad. That's what they do. They all get mad at me. And then finally she says, well, maybe he's right. So she sat down. She said, I started writing down all the expectations of my marriage. And she wrote out page after page after page. I think, who are these people? My expectations go on a postcard. That's it. 
page after page. She took on, she read them. All these were all her expectations. And then she said she took a shoebox and she put them in the shoebox and she closed the top of the shoebox. She said, I went and I grabbed my husband, pulled him outside. What? She says, go get a shovel. So go get a shovel. Now dig a hole. So they dug a hole and they, she stuck the box in the hole, covered up the hole. They had a moment of silence. As she buried all of her expectations. She wrote me this email. She's telling me the story. She says, you have no idea how happy my life has been ever since. I'm telling you, if you have all this crazy up here, it's going to drive you nuts. You know, again, it's good to have ideals and stuff and goals. <clears throat> I understand. But don't have such high expectations that it starts sucking the life out of you. And here's a truth. Sometimes, everybody say sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes the people who are the most upset are the ones who need to change. This is not greeted with joy by those who are upset. Especially if they come to me. I've learned overwhelmingly that when couples come to me, not all the time, but a huge percentage of the time, the one who's the most angry, either the husband or the wife, it's almost always the one who's the most angry. They're the one that needs to change because of this problem connected to expectations. <clears throat> Look at what happened with Martha. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried, upset about many things. Few things are needed. Indeed, only one, Mary, has chosen what is better. It won't be taken from her. You'll notice that Mary was the one who was upset. And you'll notice that Mary was the one who needed to change. I know those of you who get upset about things, male or female, you don't like to hear that if you're the most upset, you're probably the one who needs to change. But overwhelmingly, it tends to be true. Now, if I were you, I would not tell the other person who's upset what I just said to you. <laughs> All right? If your wife gets really mad at you this holiday season, do not remind her of this sermon. <laughs> Are you listening to me, boys? All right? You have a choice. You can either be right or you can be dead. All right? I would choose right. I mean, you know, don't, just, just be quiet. So, but, but having said that, the truth is, when we get upset, oftentimes the people who are the most rattled are the ones who need to dial it back. Consider simplifying things this holiday season. Focus on, as Jesus said to Martha, a few things. Then perhaps one will be able to avoid being distracted, fend off becoming emotionally distressed, and sidestep making wrong choices. And hopefully you'll be able to truly enjoy this holiday season. Do as Mary did. She intentionally chose to do the better thing. Now, perhaps you're listening to me this morning, maybe on television, uh, or campus point in, uh, in Stevens Point, or campus in Appleton here, and you're thinking, you know, you're describing all this. The truth is my life is always like this. Well, if you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus, then life will constantly be in a state of stress and distress 
for you. You see, as Christians, we find peace in knowing Christ and experiencing God in our lives. And then we have to be careful not to let life get us all distracted and upset. But if you don't know Jesus, all you pretty much got is confusion and upset. Jesus gave these wonderful words to people when he was preaching. He said, look, all of you who are laboring and are bearing heavy burdens and are tired, come to me, he said, and I'll give you rest. If you're listening to me this morning, you've never truly surrendered your heart to Jesus and asked Christ to come into your life. Let me encourage you, we're going to pray together in a little bit. Make that choice to decide to put uh, everything else aside and get right with God. Jesus died on that cross to take away the sins of the world. All you need to do is reach out and take that forgiveness. Asking him to come into your life, experience his grace, and then let him take the weight. Let him take the worries. Let him take the stress and the distresses so you can start experiencing true peace. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your kindness and your word. We thank you for this example of Martha and Mary. Lord, it's easy for us to become a bunch of little Marthas running around just trying to deal with life all the time, but uh, doing so gets us off the point. Help us, Lord, to slow down and to reevaluate and to make sure we're making the right choices so that we can truly honor you. And for anyone who doesn't know you this morning, I pray that you would let them hear your voice as you call out to them to believe in you, to trust in you, that they would come, those who are weary, who are tired, who've been carrying the weight of the world on their shoulder, all the guilt of sin in their life, to come to you and let you take all that away. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless.